all of a sudden they need to get him in to send more money to another conflict granted our 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 ally i mean if i had to choose between the two it'd go to israel not ukraine but the how quickly they did that which is not only callous and 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 kind of kind of gross um, but it's also um it kind of it puts the writing on the wall and these same voices were the same ones pushing us into ukraine so they they all represent states that have large contractors like raytheon and you know the yeah, yeah. um northrop and if you look at look at the stock prices of northrop raytheon and uh Oh, I think Lockheed on on Monday, they're all up. Up to 88% of people have dysregulated glucose levels, and most people don't even know it. When your glucose is dysregulated, you may have frequent high spikes in blood sugar with out-of-control hunger, cravings for sweet foods, energy dips, and exhaustion throughout the day, and the worst, stubborn weight gain. This is where the revolutionary new product, Glucose Control, can help. This formula is unique with all natural plant-based enzymes, organic mushrooms, and probiotics. People have been reporting amazing results. Crystal R says, I can't express how much I love glucose control. It has helped me with weight loss, cravings, and energy. Alan N says, I take two capsules before lunch and I have lost eight pounds without changing my diet. Today, you too can try this amazing formula for only $10 and shipping is free. Better yet, most people see the benefits within just one month. With a money-back guarantee, there's no risk, only upside. Get your stay with the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. Today I have Brian O'Shea coming to the program. Interesting fact, I guess I was the first one to ever interview him back in 2015. He has an extensive military intelligence background. He understands Arabic. He un He's an expert in the Middle East and Israel. He also has studied China, but he also a very interesting background in psychological operations and how they do operations from a complete surround a community or a state with propaganda and a narrative that you want them to go towards. Now, he he talks, we talked about how he did this for good things, like getting kids not to join gangs and, and things that you think are good for people. But there was a demarcation point back in 2012, around that time when the Smith-Mutt Act came through and they legalized propaganda against American people. And he saw a big change in how PSYOPs and that kind of intelligence is now being weaponized against the American people. And he's going to talk a little bit about that as well. I think that's pretty enlightening. Now, this is really long. So this will also air, the part, part of it will air on my substack, sarahwestall.substack.com. You can sign up for a seven-day free trial if you aren't a paying member. And if you can't afford it, just contact me. I give away free memberships for people who can't afford it. And all I ask in return is for you to help me grow and share the work. And in fact, if you could share this as well, make sure you share my stuff. That being said, I want to share with you the Freedom Buying Club. They have a really good products. And one of the things they have is the choice grade A meat. This is a product that you cannot get anywhere else on the market as far as its quality. Choice grade A black Angus beef aged for 21 days. I'm telling you, there's a huge difference in the way it tastes. It's 
really hard to find meat that's been aged for 21 days that is also hormone-free, pasture-raised, you know, grass-fed, no antibiotics. It's clean meat that is aged for 21 days in, in an environment that where the cows live with their mothers, so no stress, no stress hormones. You can taste the difference of this meat. And then not only that, here's a chart I want to show you. Look at the cost comparison to anything that's even remotely their competitor. I mean, they are priced below meat that's even in this category. They're, I wouldn't even say it's in this category because there isn't anything that has all these elements, plus they're less expensive. This is a benefit you get for joining the Freedom Buying Club. And not only do they have this level, this quality of meat and unmatched value. They also have products that can detox your entire home. It's better for you. You're not going to be breathing in this crap. And they also are all American made. Everything's made in America and they're not owned by the globalist corporations. It is a debt-free company that is not owned by the globalists. So they don't have to answer to all that crap. And so it's going to stay clean and so you can have access to really high quality products at attainable prices. Okay, freedombuyingclub.com. Let's get into my really good conversation with Brian O'Shea. Hi, Brian. Welcome back to the program. Hi, thanks. It's It's been a minute, as I say. It's been a long time. I had you on quite a while ago. And I don't think people, you know, people are starting to be known um, publicly as a public figure and and. I don't think people realize the background you have in military intelligence and just your understanding and, and your, you started, you know, Arabic and you understand the Middle East and the conflicts. I really want to dive into Israel a little bit and then into some of your other background because there's so much propaganda from all sides that I'm just like, oh, wow, I can't, I, I just really, it smells really bad to me. So First, talk a little bit about your background, and then I want to sure. dive into Israel. Yeah, you got it. Um, so I I started um, in the world of intelligence, you can say, in 1992, when I joined the military right out of high school. Now, to be fair, I joined right out of high school because um, I wanted to get boot camp over with, so I had to move up my date. And uh, right away, I went to the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California, where I learned Arab, modern standard Arabic for about two years, followed by another few months of uh, electronic warfare training, followed by tactical intelligence operations training, and then finally arrived at my unit, which was funny because I had a four-year enlistment. I just finished three years of training. Um I soon was recruited into 5th Special Forces, which are the Green Berets, and they deal with Middle East, North Africa. As I became part of their military intelligence detachment, doing tactical intelligence, meaning going into the field and collecting things, and um, kind of took the next recruitment, took me to strategic intelligence, kind of, a, you know, uh, of the Fort Meade flavor. Um, and then after that, I finished my career with military out with uh, several years at First Special Forces, which focuses on uh, Southeast Asia. When I got out of the military in 2003, after 11 years of active duty and you know, got honorably discharged, 
I went to work for Booz Allen Hamilton in the Fort Meade area, um, working for a government client, and then went down to SAIC after a few years of that, where I worked for another government client in the Northern Virginia area uh, intelligence agency. Uh, after that, I when I left government service, and I'm fascinated by the different disciplines of intelligence. So I made a point to move around every four years to get my feet wet in a different area. So when I left government intelligence, I got into something called competitive intelligence. And competitive intelligence is basically figuring out what your client's competitor is doing. So for instance, uh, you know, Pfizer might want to figure out what um, Bear is doing. Uh, John Deere might want to figure out what Caterpillar is doing. This took me all over the world for different types of clients. Um, China, India, Brazil, um, the United States, of course. And it was really interesting to see the act of collecting intelligence and analyzing it and making it actionable is the exact same in business as oh, yeah. it is in government operations. And that's why so many people follow that path because, you know, where where can you market my resume except yeah yeah it's not even really about i was actually making more money doing the government contracting than i was doing the completely private intelligence but really this the ceiling was higher there were, you know i could i could grow oh, um that makes sense. and then finally i just decided to take all these skills that i'd learned and make my own business with it and uh, that's when we first talked and um i started noticing the private intelligence capabilities of some of these bigger firms far exceeded that that I saw oh, yeah. in different government intelligence operations. And the reason why is because that's where people go. They, they end up at law firms and large research firms um, with their government backgrounds. We saw that with Twitter. And, and it's that's why so many Google things have and the, the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, I, I, I caution a lot of people who just jump to a conclusion that, oh, it's the CIA or, oh, it's the FBI. Um, it could be, you know, whatever that thing is. But when those firms are staffed by those people, it has the same footprint of the CIA or the FBI or whatever, but it's it's actually privatized. And, and that's what happens to those skill sets. So we saw a huge myself included a huge growth of the private intelligence industry after Osama bin Laden was killed because, you know, forward leaners like myself, I'm like, well, all this was put up to catch this man. He's gone. They're going to start cutting jobs and you don't own your clearance. So they could just shut it off anytime. So I, I got out ahead of the rush. Well, um, let me ask you, cause that's, was, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. I want you to keep continuing, but isn't that, uh, a scary slippery slope to fascism where government and private are pretty connected more than we'd like them to be. Yeah. So just those, those connections that, you know, uh, and I've seen a lot of um, references to fascism with that, that, um, that topic, that's more, that's more similar to the government contractor government intelligence relationship. So defense contractors are mainly what people call these firms, but they do more than defense. They do, 
you know, every agency in the uh, intelligence community. So defense contracting covers everything from the CIA to the DIA to the uh, NIA, um, you name it. And so that I think that's more of that partnership, whereas the work I did after I did government contracting is completely private, where it's kind of like if a large security firm hires Green Berets, they're not taking government contracts, but they're benefiting from those years of knowledge and skills acquired through government careers. That makes sense. And it's, it's that it's also the, um, they see it in the financial industry. You see the rotating door of the people in finance going into the big finance. So how would you compare it to that? Wouldn't it be pretty similar? terms of like uh, if someone leaves the IRS or something. Yeah. I mean, we see people in the yeah. IRS or, uh, you know, going into the banking system and back and forth people with the SEC going into, mm -hmm. you know, the bank. And so there's that cozy relationship with government and finance. I, I don't That's know. A, when I looked at the Twitter files, it sure seemed mm -hmm. like a cozy relationship between government. Very cozy. Yeah. Yeah, like Very, I mean, they actually have a, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they actually have a term. They have a term called radioactive um, in the intelligence community. So let's say, oh, I don't know, General Hayden, uh, who ran the NSA. I, I actually worked for him three times technically because he was a general as well. But let's say Hayden, um, when he gets out of the CIA, wants to go work at, say, I don't know, whatever con contracting firm X technically they shouldn't be hiring him for a set amount of time. Cause he's radioactive, meaning he can influence contracts, but it doesn't seem like anyone cares really follows that rule. They care, but they're not following it. If it doesn't matter, there seems to be blacklists too, that are more concrete. Like when you look at Twitter, there were people who were blacklisted and just couldn't get back on. Same with like Spotify, you're just blacklisted forever versus people who are allowed back on. So there's more layers to this that we have to dig yeah. through, I think. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I can talk to that a little bit. But yeah. yeah. Talk to that because I just know that I'm on some blacklists that um, is really hard to penetrate through without creating a new identity or something. And there's others who seem to just fly right through that. And I don't understand what is the difference between me or people like me who are on these permanent blacklists versus others who covered essentially the same stuff, but just seem to be flying above the radar. How does that work? Well, I, I think what I've seen, and I've seen it personally, as I'm sure you all know, with, with my own mm -hmm. wife, Naomi Wolf, who was actually on a list that was foiled, uh for the CDC. They actually called it a BOLO team uh, called Beyond the Lookout. And she was on a list with Riza Islam and all these other uh, you know, prominent voices uh, speaking out or not even speaking out. And a lot of times just questioning, hey, what what is in this vaccine? What kind of testing do you do? We need to see more. Um, and so what I've seen, and I've heard this from a lot of people, I, I think first you have to figure in technical glitches. So for example, um, on, on that FOIA uh, batch of emails, there's one interaction where 
the uh, I think is Wyoming or some state health department got, got deplatformed by accident and it took them weeks to get back on. And so this is going through this a CDC's reaching out to Twitter saying, Hey, get them back on. They were just posting their own stuff and the algorithm, you know, focused sure, yeah. in and blacklisted them. Um, I think as well, like, and I don't know, but I would guess that, and though you've been at this for a long time, and so is Naomi. Like Naomi wouldn't really get blacklisted until her voice kept getting bigger. But I, I've seen a lot of people with these huge voices, Naomi and uh, Mercola and um, so many of them, who got blacklisted and come right off. And I believe it's because they they might be more worried about the size of their voice if they keep them on. Um, your voice is big. You've been at this. Actually, I think you were the first interview I've ever done back in 2015. Um, but again, you know, I don't, you know, your footprint may not fit the profile of someone they're worried about as much. Not to say you're not, you know, viable and, and active warrior in this fight, but, you know, I don't know how that algorithm does it, but it does seem that the more archetypal type of voices seem to get blacklisted quickly, but then put back on. And and maybe that's because they're worried about them. And that's my guess. But I, I honestly, I don't have any concrete evidence yeah, to back I, that, it, except. Yeah, I'm just curious mm -hmm. why there's some people who are permanently blacklisted and can't seem to get stumble past that without creating a new identity versus those who are, you know, able to get back on. But anyways, let's focus on Israel and based on your understanding of that, um, I, I want to know because I, you know, I've talked to people from all different angles. I've talked to Mossad agents. I've talked to, um, you know, professors who Palestinian side professors who are more peaceful activists. And I mean, I've talked to so many people about this over the years. And so when I see what happens whenever there's a war and then there's all these these sides and the propaganda is just so hardcore it's all on message and on point and whenever the mainstream media is all on the same message then you know something's going on so first of all can you speak to that and then let's talk a little bit about the powder keg of the middle east yeah, so um as far as the messaging goes yeah i found it right away i'm you know i, I think we're all whether you have my background or, you know, some guy on Twitter or some girl on Twitter who has no background like mine, they've all become very good pattern analysts. And it's, I think a lot of people saw everyone's on message um, with this horrible situation in Israel where we, we ourselves have family. So and we're praying for their safe um, return. But the, um, the thing is, there were a couple patterns I noticed. Um, one of them was that the New York Times was saying the same thing that Republican senators and congressmen were saying. That's always a red flag because the New York Times is far left. And the only other time I've seen that messaging, we, there's, there's three times now we've seen that messaging harmonize across um, the legacy media and conservative politicians or republican politicians and that's for covid and the vaccines in particular um ukraine for the um republicans yep. that were pushing ukraine and for israel 
If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. I saw that I'm seeing the exact same thing, that it's all in unison, and I have only seen it recently on three big issues that you're talking about, and that makes me pause. Well, I think the minute Lindsey Graham supports anything, everyone should stop, take a pause and analyze it or run from it <laughs> because he's he's a he's the he's the uh, you know, the stereotypical he is the poster child armchair quarterback where he's telling other people to put themselves in harm's way. And then he's like in Ukraine, he's over there. Oh, I like to see dead Russians. These are someone's kids. I don't care how someone feels about Russia or Ukraine, but these are people. And so when yeah. he gets behind something, you can guarantee it's all about money. And and to be honest, anytime there's a harmonization like this, there's money as, a, there's as an investigator. There's something more going on. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's always for me, it's always it always comes back to money. And so first thing so I do, and I, I'm actually okay, mm -hmm, go ahead. I was gonna say, no, well, go what ahead. do you mean by money? Where Ukraine is obvious, we've been sending billions of dollars and only a fraction actually gets to them. We know it's one big money laundering operation. Mm. That is a fact. I've had enough conversations and interviews with people to know that that's true. Um, they also in Ukraine, they had many opportunities to do um, uh, to negotiate a peace settlement and they and people have been trying to get them to do that and they flat out will not do that, which tells me there's something more going on there too. This is in the early stages, so I don't know, but I can tell you that if the media wasn't this in unison, I would be, thinking differently i'd look at the whole but as soon as they become all in unison that tells me there's more going on but why do you think it's all tied to money i mean what well, how so you know ukraine is obvious covid mm -hmm. in hindsight's obvious what's sure. going on here well right away um and that's a great question right away there were calls to reinstate kevin mccarthy as speaker of the house so they could pass a budget to send more money to israel the Republicans in this case, uh, the Republicans and, and the Democrats. But we need a speaker and MAGA's responsible now because they fired McCarthy and personally good riddance. Um, but all of a sudden they need to get him in to send more money to another conflict. Granted, our 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 ally, I mean, if I had to choose between the two, it would go to Israel, not Ukraine. But the 
how quickly they did that, which is not only callous and 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 kind of kind of gross, um, but it's also um, it kind of it puts the writing on the wall. And these same voices were the same ones pushing us into Ukraine. So they they all represent states that have large contractors like Raytheon and you know the yeah, yeah. Um, Northrop. And if you look at look at the stock prices of Northrop, Raytheon, and uh, oh, I think Lockheed on on Monday, they're all up. And so does I this my, signal? My does, feel... Go ahead. Your feeling. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, does this no, signal? If all their stock prices are going up, people are estimating that the big military contractors are going to get more involved, and this is going to escalate to a wider type of war of some sort. Uh, yes, and if you see the messaging, I think it was on MSNBC, which is, as we all know, the most objective and transparent news, not. Um, but they had an analyst on there saying, I you know, I think it would be fair for Israel to retaliate, which it is, they have to, otherwise more attacks will continue. So that I agree with. That's I see that as national defense. But then he went on further to say to go as far as the Persian Sea and attack the Iranian Navy because they fund Hamas. And I was like, what? Like that that that's how World War Three starts. That because is yeah. And they're they're pushing that. And so for these contractors in this space, they're making a t- and, and, and those stock prices are going up not because a bunch of individual you know buyers are buying stock. It's because the institutional investors have e- either extended their um, their debt allowance for those companies. So uh, a stock's health can be determined by the amount of debt they're able to hold. Um, and it also means that institutional investors, the mutual funds, the banks, are buying large blocks of these companies. And that's public. And I haven't looked at that, but that's typically the pattern to, to, to start an upward trend. Um, so I see that. And it's also politically. And th- again, this is my analysis, zooming out. Politically, it's really convenient for those in the Democratic Party and and the Republican side who want to get out of Ukraine but need a reason and have to please the defense contractors so they can keep the money flowing. And so if it were me and I was a Ukraine supporter, you know, I would say, and I was a congressman, Ukraine supporter, I'd say, hey, I know everyone is not liking this. It's not polling well. Zelensky's done himself no favors with his lack of public gratitude um and people are tired of ukraine but you can make that excuse like hey we we can't send that money because now we have to send it to israel that makes sense so they still get the money and then there's american people who've died there and so now this is an american issue because i think there's i don't know how many people a few dozen i don't know the exact number but there's been americans who have died or at least that's the propaganda I don't know if that's been verified. And so now suddenly we are involved. Well, yeah, why don't we well, there's spend the a same of... money? There's a side issue. Why don't we spend the same mm-hmm. money we've been dying from the side effects? I don't know. Okay, well, let's that's just whole I, nother, I agree. I, that's a whole nother conversation, you. but or, or or securing our border. 
you know? Yeah, or secure. I mean, it's just unbelievable the malfeasance mm-hmm. of inaction that's going on in our Congress with major issues. And they're ready to send billions but and get all serious and work together on this. But yet they aren't willing to do that same for things where Americans are being hurt in mass. I mean, in, in serious ways. But regardless. Because they make oh, more money. They're making more I'm money. I'm sorry. My God. They make okay. more money with the chaos. I, I, I want to say one more thing about this uh, Israeli, this this attack in Israel. And it's, it's a real attack. It's, you know, people... They obviously are dying ask you more so. questions about this because i think there's more to dig into but keep going but I, I i just wanted to say that it was reported um and i'll pull the citation what's really curious about this attack is that a it happened in daylight um and there was no like it, it was horrific because people i think that at a concert that they showed um, mm-hmm. on one channel, they thought it was a spectacle of the concert. So they see these oh. motorized gliders and they're cheering. Um, but also there, uh, it was reported that allegedly there were embedded reporters with Hamas, which means this thing's been planned for a long time. That's right. So how did they do that? Because I've been listening to some people talk about the Israeli um, intelligence and military strength and everything else. And they, they said that, there's almost an, it's impossible for them to have planned this level of attack, do it in broad daylight, get through everything they've gotten through and them not knowing about it. Like there's something not right about that. Well, I, having worked in the intelligence community, I can say there's rarely intelligence failures at the collection and analysis level, but there's so many levels. So let me give you an example. If I have a team or I'm a case officer and I have a bunch of assets and they say, hey, this attack is going to happen. I put it in my cable. I send it up the chain. That's it. That's the last control I have over that intelligence. And by the time it makes it up to the director and then eventually the president's daily brief or the PDB, there, someone along the way is deciding what stays in that report, which is a collection of other reports. And what goes so often there's critical intelligence that is flagged as critical that someone along the way usually on the political side is making a political decision to not show that to the president or the president himself is making a decision to ignore that part of the brief or the intelligence they're getting and and the president gets more than the daily brief of course that's a secret collateral um product which is you know pretty plain vanilla but um after it's it's rare that something's not collected, figured out, and and sent into the system. The system's massive, and sometimes it's you know just error, um, and sometimes, but most of the time, people and, and and it's frustrating as a collector. You find this this thing like, oh my god, this is going to happen. It's verified by multiple teams and multiple sources, and they still choose not to do anything with it because you lose control of your intelligence. You don't own it. You collect it. You send it you lose control once it's gone. So it's never an agency deciding, now we're not gonna, or, or we're stupid, we didn't collect this. It's usually collected. But someone in the chain of that report is deciding to do something with it or to not do something with it. So there's somebody who squashed it for some reason. Maybe they were in on the operation. I mean, cause it doesn't make sense. 
based on people I've talked to, they say that this, it's a major intelligence failure for sure, regardless at minimum. I would say it's a communications failure where a process failure. I I, I don't see it as, and I'm not cheerleading for the intelligence community of any country, but we would have known about this too, not just Israel. We would have known about it. New Zealand would have known about it. The UK would have, the the five five eyes would have known about it. All of them would have known about and, it. And then nobody did anything. Okay, so yeah. that's why people, mm-hmm. okay, and this is where conspiracy theories come in and say, okay, well, they wanted this to happen so that they could spark a war. Well, you you said that. <laughs> you know, but um, I No, I mean, that's, maybe. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's so bad. Yeah. So people go, well, now you want to get out of Ukraine. You guys are immediately ready in Congress to fund it, uh-huh. calling for Speaker McCarthy to come back. And you want to send all flood all this money over to Israel and in perfect timing. And you guys did nothing for an event that you should have been able to stop. That's why conspiracy theories exist, because it just how could you be all ready for this? Well, we used to call conspiracy theories um, hypotheses. And uh, if you, I know you paid attention through COVID, uh, most of the things people got banned for, for conspiracy theories, turned out to be true. Yes, um, yes, yeah. I mean, Naomi got deplatformed for re- reporting, you know, from Moderna's website about um, the vaccine in, having an adverse impact on a woman's menstrual cycle. Well, the CDC has confirmed that now. That, I know um, that's the time I mean. it was conspiracy theory. I yeah. was I had ten doc PhDs, MDs, scientists, um, in interviews kicked off. You know, being deleted off of YouTube. They are all correct now, proven correct. Before my channel was kicked mm-hmm. off, I was kicked off everywhere: Patreon, YouTube, Twitter. I mean, it was congratulations. Like my website was taken down, um, which was crazy. It's a whole nother. But it all happened in a um, organized fashion, meaning that they did over, you know, a couple months time. That means that that was an operation that was going on. It wasn't just, I mean, these people were connected, but regardless, this feels like a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy, a real conspiracy that could be probable. And being the fact that you're in military intelligence background, wouldn't that be a question that you would ask and try to figure it out? Well, the first thing, yes. Um, but also the first thing I would ask, and I'm asking, I'm, I'm, you know, I am drilling into this is who benefits the most and who, That's uh, right. you know, does not benefit the most, you know, and you just make a list. Okay. Who benefits the most? Um, you know, and again, this is with, you know, my, my heart's with the people of Israel, but I would say this does benefit the Israeli government if they get all this funding. I mean, it's obvious. Um, it benefits them. Doesn't mean they're responsible. I'm just saying they're one of the people, you know, removing that um, who's responsible question away, which you have to do. That's why I always encourage people to write it down and don't let your, your emotions or, or feelings get involved. Who benefits? And it's it's something that is demonstrable eventually through contracts and finding where the money flow is. Israel benefits, our defense industry benefits, Kevin McCarthy benefits. Um, the timing is, I'm not saying he's responsible, but I am I, I can't miss 
I can't overlook the timing of him losing his speakership. And then immediately this happens. And then there's calls for his reinstatement could be nothing, but you have to look at everything and at least eliminate it as a, a lead. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, who else benefits? Um, I, I'll tell you who, who's not going to benefit from this is Hamas themselves. Well, and the regular They're, people. I mean, I mean, the people are going to. Of course, the regular people. Yes. They but never yeah, benefit. They never benefit. <laughs> <laughs> us us regular true. people never benefit. It's true. But Hamas isn't going to benefit either because they're just going to wipe them out. They're going to get slammed. They're getting slammed right now. And well, but oh, and let me ask you, is it going to be a total massacre? Because they're on a gosh, it's like they're on a war path right now. And there's a lot of innocent civilians surrounding Hamas. And so it seems like they're just gonna it sounds like a a disaster that's waiting to happen at a real I mean, really bad disaster. I, I think you know that's very typical though of you know, extremist and terrorist groups is to to have that very public disaster. I mean, clearly, whoever planned this and planned the, you know, the targets wanted this to be very, a big, big spectacle, a big, yeah. bloody, disgusting massacre, like the beach attacks, the shooting of children. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, very, um, it's very dramatic and real, but very dramatic that it's it's playing it's it's focused dead on the emotional side of, That's of people right. and and it's emotional it's emotional but, but it seems but um, the, the fact that it's so extremely emotional and targeting civilians versus targeting other more strategic things means that they want to trigger a more expansive war which means other people benefit as well yeah and it's, so zooming out even further you know i look at what's been going on in the middle east lately with china iran opec and this this whole move to make the yuan the petrodollar along with saudi arabia right in there now and again this is all speculation based on pattern analysis but still speculation um thinking like China thinks. And if you know, and you followed what I do, you know, I'm very China centric when it comes to who's behind a lot of things. Okay. Cause China, they have a goal and that is to be the global hegemon by 2049. And they've stated this. Um, so how, how would this benefit China? Well, we do know that China funds Iran we do know that Iran funds Hamas to $100 million a year. Um, so if I were China and I was working with OPEC all of a sudden to try to get off the U.S. petrodollar and go to the, the yuan as the petrodollar, it'd behoove me to keep Israel strong as a counterbalance to the rest of the Middle East. And, and, and this has been the case for a long time. This is the reason why, you know, based on my research and my reading of lots of history of, of this area, you know, there's a lot of people that speculate that had Saudi Arabia, Syria, Jordan wanted to, they could have made Palestine a state long ago, that they could have, you know, ended the refugee crisis. That, that's been ongoing forever, but it gives them a reason uh, to 
attack Israel. And for Saudi, it's good because it keeps the Middle East from becoming this whole unifying thing and even being a, a threat to Saudi's power because Saudi controls the Middle East. What a lot of people don't realize about the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, nothing happens in the Middle East without the blessing of you know, the, the crown prince and the royal family. For example, if you're doing media or a movie in Dubai, Media City, where it's like they're Hollywood, mm -hmm. it's not it's not going out unless it's blessed by the imams in Saudi Arabia. And so Saudi Arabia benefits from a perforated state over in the Israel Israel area, but also from having this um, you know, this kind of shifting sands constantly and and conflict in that area because those countries can never ally against them or, or challenge their power zoom out further china would not want saudi arabia to be able to have a solid footing with all the arabic-speaking countries in the middle east and north africa a strong israel keeps that from happening it's always going to be a counterbalance to the Middle East being a unified Middle East that could challenge China's power. Because if China's doing a deal with them, they want to have a bigger stick. They want to be, you know, China wants to be in charge. And, and that is, does help. But isn't that what we did too? I mean, it's the same tactic we did by using Israel as a powerful force so that they can't unify. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay. And then the same other thing question, we're doing with Ukraine. The, yes. It, well, Ukraine is a whole nother nightmare because we amassed 200,000 troops and on the border of Russia and violated our own treaty and all sorts of things that are just wow. head scratchers. But there's another thing is that we sent 6 billion, the United States government, what, two weeks ago, gave put $6 billion or sent $6 billion to Iran. And if Iran's funding Hamas, what the heck are we doing sending $6 billion to Iran, are we funding Hamas? Well, I think if we send $6 billion to Iran and Iran sends $100 million to Hamas, yeah, I think we're funding Hamas inadvertently, but yes. I mean, that's, um, that, that's my point. And so we are, okay, and then Klaus Schwab has said, and a lot of elites have said, they want to move the global central, because they're globalists, they want to do a worldwide global control. They want to move the central area of control away from the West and to the East, to China in particular, because the people are trained to be slaves, not to question, to follow orders, to, you know, the commun Chinese Communist Party have trained them to behave a certain way. And that's what Klaus Schwab has said and other elites who are globalists have said. So how does that tie into it? Well, we, you know, we... And I, I get into a debate with a lot of my friends about, you know, WEF or the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we assume that Schwab has a choice. You know, many people just look at China in that whole globalist thing as a junior partner in this whole thing. And, and I, I counter with a no. I think they're running the show, whether the WEF realizes it or not. And they're part of the WEF. Xi Jinping's a member. Um but at the end of the day, <laughs> who has the army? Who has this technology for the banks? Who controls 5G? Who's taking out satellites? That's China. 
And so you think China's you, the head of the snake, not the World Economic Forum. And the world like the, the globalists aren't using China as their new thug like the United States has been used. They're actually the the head of the snake. That's what you're that's your no, argument. They're the actual head of the snake. I do think that WEF, just like we did, there's a lot of hubris in Western cultures, especially when it comes to China. Um, if you go back to the Jimmy Carter days, like, you know, they were the good communists and oh, look, they're cute. They're wearing the cowboy hat. They're just like us, except communists. Um, but China, I mean, they, they do practice the, you know, if your enemy is strong, act meek all the time. I mean, I, I've art done, of war. I've they know they, they, they're total good. art of war. Yeah. And so where it comes to the WEF and China, it's kind of like, I think the WF thinks they're running the show and they think they've got it. And yeah, they know they have an army in power, but I also think that Western hubris comes in of, well, we can control them. Should they ever step out of line? Of course they're going to step out of line. China, China's the, the ideology is completely different between Europe, the United States and, and Leninist communism, Maoist spiced, you know, Xi Jinping thought, weird version of very very aggressive and authoritarian communism they're they're not going they're not willing to sit at a table china their plan doesn't call for being part of a committee which is more of the wef model they'll they'll nod their heads and say sounds great but i think it's gonna be kind of, i think it's kind of like the uh, second dark knight movie where in the beginning all these people with joker masks are robbing the bank and they start killing each other off one by one. And at the end, once all the money's loaded up, or once all of the societies um, and personal data of the Western cultures are in the hands of the final player, just like in the movie, the last man standing was the Joker because he let everyone else move that ball down the road. And then he shot the last guy and drove off with the bus full of money. And that, that's, that's I just see China playing it that way. Yeah. And, and you you think their egos and their hubris is so large that they can't see their own, they're being patsies and being used. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen that. I mean, look, we saw that with Joe Biden. We we've seen that with Republicans, really Democrats. Yeah, there are a bunch of them are compromised. Yeah. Okay, now let, let's get to the um, China, and yeah, sure. I, I just want to ask you a little bit more about COVID in China, and you know the universities. They say, well, China was behind all this, and I say, well. Hmm. We made the the universities made the decision to force the students to get the shot. The governors made the decision to shut down the states, you know, shut down these small businesses, destroy small businesses across the country. Um, you know, on and on and on. It was us that made these decisions. Same with the border. You know, China's China is in bed with the cartels down there. But we are making the decision to allow this to happen. So at what point is it China versus us? That's a great question. And it's it's a complicated answer. Uh, I'll do my best. Um, it's China versus us, meaning you and I, the people that, you know, always get the short end of the stick, the, you know, the, the, the population. Um, at the government level, it's China versus the people that aren't on the paycheck, uh, the senators, the congressmen, the mayors, the governors. But it, it, and so the people that are in, you know, in bed with China and 
they are. Um, yeah, and I, you know, like, you know, Oregon, Seattle, I mean, just look at where the worst lockdowns were. And you'll see the Chinese influence, the demonstrable Chinese influence. Um, it's those, it's, it's really the globalists. China's latched onto the globalists in this country, the people that want this, you know, the kind of people, whether in politics or otherwise, that say that stupid thing where they say, oh, I'm a citizen of the world. No, you're not. <laughs> you, know, you, you might think you are. Well, but, you know, I, you know I sure wish we could get to, in their defense. I sure wish we could be like that and, and think you know, but you always have to think about your family first. Like I am, I'm a citizen of this, my city, but I'm going to care about my family first. And then I can care about my neighbor and city and state, you know, it's like the people who are citizens of this, this country or citizens of the world, they're not caring about us first. They're, you know, sending us down the river while they're claiming to be for being a citizen of the world. That's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of these people who are witting assets of the Chinese Communist Party, um, they actually think they're going to have a seat at the table. At some point, they're not. Uh, history has shown us that it doesn't work they're the first way. people lined up against the wall. Um, thank you very much. Bye-bye. You know, I, And so to answer your original question, so when you have globalists and nationalists at odds within the same country, you, you know, it's hard to say the U S versus China because it's really the globalists and China versus nationalists in the U S and people that believe in borders and sovereignty. That makes and sense. So, so do you see what I mean there? And do you think that the left and the right is all shifting boundaries right now? Because it seems it's it seems that people who can think through this are changing uh, allegiances and it's you know there's always the people who are still sheeped along based on the mass media right now but the people who are kind of more aware of what's going on geopolitically and worldwide and kind of woke up from covid it seems like the the political alliances are shifting yeah, I mean, are you talking about at the, the population level or the leadership level? I just kind of all over the place. Uh, I think the whole Democrat-Republican thing is is just they're barely hanging on to an institution that's not really all that viable for what's happening in our world today. And it, it just, things are really up in the air and changing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I do think this situation in Israel really really complicates a lot of people's allegiances because you know let's say they are globalists that you know were supporting working with iran and but all of a sudden israel's attacked and 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 israel there's a lot of dual citizens um we have a daily clout member there now um my, my wife's company um you you know there's a lot of like you know my my brother-in-law was was served two years in the israeli army and you know, he's a professor now in, in the u.s naomi lived there for a year in the kibbutz so there's so much connection um with our our cultures and our population that it's it's almost like we're tethered to each other and and i think that's good i i his I, you know traditionally I, I like having someone like israel as an ally um but so I, even if you're on the take, 
now we're talking about family members being affected. So how far it's going to test a lot of people's allegiances to not, not so much Israel, but to being Jewish, to, to, to taking care of people who are caught in this, because this on the ground, this is a, a battle of ideologies. It's not about Israel and another state. This is about two different religious ideologies on the ground level. Um, so yeah, you're going to see a lot of alliances shifting, but I think you also have to look at what's happened in both parties. So in the Democrats, you really don't have just Democrats, right? You have center left Democrats, which are your traditional Democrats, yeah. uh, your classic liberals, as they say. And then you have what I like to call neo-Marxists or champagne socialists, people like the squad and people calling for, you know, like Eric Swalwell said on a tweet one time, you know, I forgot which Republican congressman said, all you want is a socialist society. And he replied, yes. And so you you have, yeah. you kind of have these neo-Marxists. They're not freedom. They don't understand the, the whole freedom thing at all. No, not at all, because they've never had it. You know, they've never had a challenge. And a lot of them come from either they come from money or they they had success early on. Uh, like Ocasio-Cortez doesn't come from money, but she was quickly, you know, shuffled to first class yeah. in, in their party. She's an idiot. And I'm then on sorry. the Republican side. <laughs> sorry, she's, that? An, she's just a classic idiot, but keep going. She, 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 yes, she's, she's special. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it nicer Very special. than I am. She's a special no, I'm, one. I'm, I come in hot. I come in hot on her all the time. But honestly, it's just like I, I've got better things to do. Like that's right. You know, it's like don't get worked yeah, up it, on she, that. She's 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 noise. She's not signal. Um, but the you know on the Republican side, you don't have just Republicans. You have your you have your rhinos, right? These are your money guys. These are the stuff shirts. The the you know the, the movies you know stereotype the guys they're that are all about money they, they're very and then you have the war. neocons yeah well aren't the, the aren't they the rhinos the same as the neocon i mean they're all the same kind of pretty much but like you also have like the real old school ones that just you know go along with the party you know, you know no matter what and the, the then you have yeah and then you have uh, america first or or maga make america great again who no, granted, I I can't. I, I will never say I trust anyone because I, except for people close to me, I don't. Um, but if their values take the country in a direction that works for me, then that's the way I'm going. No one's perfect, and I. Uh, someone quoted, I think, Voltaire the other day on a, a program I was listening to, where they said, um, you know, I believe it was Voltaire that said, "Perfect is the enemy of good and of." So no well, one's that, ever perfect, but that's the, mm -hmm. you know, in the biblical sense, those were the, um, the Pharisees, right? They expected everybody to be perfect and they managed people to a detail and they were just evil. <laughs> it was just, yeah. And I, I think too many people right now are, are focused on the wrong things. Like, you know, Trump is dominating the, you know, the Republican side politically, I mean, I think he could go to jail and everyone would still, and he doesn't deserve to. And I'll say that I think this is all kangaroo courts and it's, it's election interference. I'll say that for the record. That's my opinion from what I've seen, but 
now you have people people i know they're like yeah but trump he went along with the lockdowns and at first and and he did speed up the vaccine all true but at the same time people forget that in the life of a president and you know my wife advised a vice president her husband at the time worked for clinton um like 18 hours a day of their schedules taken up they have to rely on advisors. I mean, hell, even I trusted Fauci when I heard him. I thought he was like, hey, I kind of like this guy from Brooklyn, you know, and like that faded quickly. Um, but you can't be an ex. Like we have the luxury of sitting around and digging into anything we want for hours and days. The president has to trust his advisors. And I think what we saw with Trump was not, not to go too down, too far down that road, but I think what we saw there was truly an outsider had breached had somehow snuck into the club okay and they wanted him out republican and democrat alike because i've never seen everything turn a whole ecosystem turn on one person i've never seen a witch hunt like we're seeing now it this is incredible it's incredible it looks like but a banana he, republic the whole witch hunt against someone they're also allowing Biden, who's been bribed by what they found in like 26 countries now. Um, don't quote me on the 26, but it's in the 20s that he's been bribed and paid off for. I mean, the 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 crimes that Biden has committed is way Tons worse. The crimes that Clinton, Hillary Clinton and the Clintons have committed are way worse. So and they're just skating with nothing. And so people, you have to have some, whether you like Trump or not, it's just having some critical thinking skills. You're like, wait a minute, something's seriously wrong here. Well, where do people find yeah. you? Give us your pitch. Yeah. And I want to come back. We got to keep talking. I really enjoyed oh, this yeah. conversation. Um, people can find me first on, uh, if you go to dailyclout.io, just look up unrestricted warfare or Brian O'Shea. And that's at Daily Clout on Twitter and Getter. Brian O'Shea himself, you can find me on Twitter at Brian O'Shea, and that's B-R-I-A-N-O-S-H-E-A-S-P-I, not because I'm a spy, because I used to have a company called Stryker Pierce Investigations, so Brian O'Shea, S-P-I, on Twitter, and then on Getter, at Brian O'Shea, and my Substack is just substackbrianoshea.com, called uh, Investigate Everything, and um, there's more, but if you go to those sites, you'll find the other links, and um, really enjoyed this uh, conversation. Yeah, this is, so, me too. So, thank you so much. And I'll send you a link when it goes out. And you have an amazing day. You too. Thank you so much, Sarah.